This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. One of the things the pandemic has fundamentally changed about our society is how we interact with government. A lot of public bodies are now holding public meetings online, virtually. And that's a great thing for staying safe and making sure residents can still watch officials make important decisions. But it also has some pretty big drawbacks. And there's some concern that, quote, digital democracy could be used to silence activists. That's what's happening in Dearborn, where the city council recently declared that civil rights activists are no longer welcome to offer spoken commentary on non-agenda items during council meetings. Yemeni American News English editor Brian Stone wrote about that decision recently, and he joins me now to talk about it. Brian, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thanks so much, Stephen. It's great to be here. Yeah. So let's start with this. What exactly is the Dearborn City Council saying when it comes to not allowing civil rights activists to talk about non-agenda items during public meetings? Give us a little background on this. Yeah, so this this is something that they've been mulling over uh, for the last couple of meetings. And um, for the last six or seven months or so, a, a group of activists has been going to Dearborn City Council meetings and raising concerns about the police department and I think broader questions of policing in America. Um, you know, they're not always polite. They're not always, uh, you know, the, the the happiest group of people. They're they're trying to enact what they view as social change, um, and I think the city council, uh, hearing this at every meeting, some of the council members have just gotten tired of it, and so the uh, the discussion got started, and. On the February 9th city council meeting, uh, during a regular city council meeting, it was it was openly said that uh, the existing rules for the council, which state that people can only speak for three minutes and they can only speak on agenda items, that that would be enforced, um, which goes against really the standing precedent of the council, which for a very long time has allowed people to speak fairly liberally. And, and, of course, on non-agenda items. And so all of this happened within a certain context as well, because once the council got done with their uh, sort of agenda items on February 9th, uh, it got opened up to the different council members if they'd like to speak. And the first person who wanted to speak was Councilwoman Leslie Herrick, who then um, wanted to commemorate Black History Month. And after her comments commemorating Black History Month, another council person, uh, Councilman David Bazzi, uh, spoke on this issue and, uh, and, you know, spoke on everything from his uh, mother running against Orville Hubbard uh, decades ago to uh, policing in America, his ethnic heritage, and, and it, just a general belief that the Black Lives Matter movement and their arguments are, are flawed, and, and then went into you know, what are sort of the rules that council has to follow and claiming that essentially since uh, city council meetings are a limited public meeting, that they had a right to restrict speech. And um, and where this collides with digital democracy is that when we're talking about a Zoom meeting, uh, you know, an activist group, if they're not called upon, uh, if an activist is known and they're not called upon in a Zoom meeting, they don't exist. 
they, they just don't get to make comments. They don't exist. And at a regular council meeting, if a group were silenced, uh, they could be disruptive, right? They mm-hmm. could raise their hands in the air. They could chant. They could shout. They might be removed from the chamber. But they have some level of being there and looking the council persons in the face and being able to get some sort of a reaction or answer out of them. Mm. And what we're seeing is that uh, many of these activists are also complaining that council is not even turning their cameras on. Uh, you know, on for instance, at the recent uh, Committee of the Whole meeting that I, I attended this last Thursday, only three of the council persons had their uh, cameras on, so it's really impossible for members of the public to know what the other council persons are reacting or thinking to things. And those three council persons were all women. Um, and uh, it's also noteworthy that the only council persons who have met with this activist group are the three women on council. Mm. And, um, and so there's a lot of intersections in terms of uh, gender and uh, the idea of who who you listen to and who you don't listen to, and that is now being pushed. And because of I think the very strong objections of uh, Councilperson uh, David Bazzi and then also uh, Councilman uh, uh, Abraham and I think Councilman Mike Sereni, uh, we're seeing uh, Council President Susan DeBaja being told, "Look, you need to enforce the rules of order." And uh, and she said that she will do that, which means that uh, in tomorrow's city council meeting, we'll see whether she decides to enforce those rules, as she said she did, uh, which would result in, you know, these activists, many of whom are Dearborn residents, some of whom are not, uh, many of whom are uh, persons of, of color, and, and a majority of whom are women, uh, essentially not having a voice anymore. And uh, all of this in the name of streamlining the council meeting. Yeah. So so I'm curious, how do they draw a distinction between people talking about civil rights issues and these civil rights activists who want to speak at the meeting and everybody else? I mean, that seems a pretty obvious way to get, get in trouble for viewpoint discrimination um, if, if, if that's how they're enforcing it. Or is it just that they're saying you can't talk at all if you're not talking about an agenda item? Yeah, I mean, this is this is really where they get into hairy territory. And I, I think what they're saying is they're just not going to allow anyone to speak on a non-agenda item. Um, you know, at the meeting where this is discussed, uh, of course, there was a lot of pushback from the activist group. And uh, only one resident actually spoke in favor of what the council was doing. Uh, but beyond that, afterwards, they had a, someone from the Dearborn Historical Society make a, uh, uh, you know, a comment about an upcoming uh, event that they had. Uh, if this were, this rule were enforced, that member of the Historical Society would not be able to promote or let council know, this is what we're doing. Come out. Um, and so I think one of the things we have to keep in mind is that, you know, democracy is not just the work of people going into a meeting and approving a bunch of things and leaving, Right. Democracy is listening. It's the very heart of democracy is the idea that uh, persons in power have to listen to us. Mm -hmm. And that is the process uh, that people have to follow in order to get elected. So, you know, if you can't bring something up to the attention of your city or your council unless it's on their agenda, 
if there are problems that the city is facing, if there's something going wrong and it isn't on their agenda, you know, the signal is we don't care and we're not going to fix it. And so, you know, while this uh, specific activist group, uh, Accountability for Dearborn, has been very active and persistent, um, in order to get them to stop speaking, they'd have to silence every resident who wants to bring up that, you know, some sort of technical issue is going on in their neighborhood, right. which is essential for, I think, uh, local city councils to do good business. Hmm. So this has really broad implications for every citizen of Dearborn. And, um, and I think that we're in an era where social media has made it easy to block and remove people who have differing points of view. We're in an era where we listen to different uh, radio and TV stations, depending on what we feel and believe. And, and we're more divided than ever as a country. And so this move to say, look, if it's not on our agenda, we're not going to hear about it. It's a part of this larger cultural trend in America. Mm-hmm. And, and when it's happening at your local city council, uh, then that's about as hard it can hit. Uh, that's that's the most basic level of democracy. And, mm-hmm. th- and that's where we're seeing it happen. And, and, you know, there is this idea of the virtual democracy that we're experiencing making this easier and there's no question that it, that it does that I wonder though if uh, if it makes it more likely and and I'm, I guess I'm talking now not just about Dearborn but other governments that are, are are doing the same thing have we seen more of this than we normally would because governments are able to control um, to control the the environment in their meetings a lot a lot more than they did before mm-hmm you know I'm I'm not sure, I think, is the answer I have to give. You know, looking at uh, adjacent uh, city council meetings, like for Dearborn Heights or Hamtramck, uh, residents are able to address council. The council members are all on video. Um, they're all present. They're, I should say they're all clearly present for the meeting. Um, and... Uh, it, it doesn't seem like there's that kind of censorship going on. However, you know, it could be. You could have somebody that wants to make a comment, they raise their hand in the Zoom meeting, and they don't get called, and oh well. So, you know, it, it, the format for these Zoom meetings does kind of allow people to be silenced, um, and it depends on whether who's running them uh, digitally is, is committed to that kind of democracy in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have no way of knowing if they're, if someone's just not being chosen. Um, but, you know, in, in the case of Dearborn, what we're seeing is that several council members simply don't put their, uh, their cameras on. Right. They're really making no effort to even make it clear that they're listening to people. And in fact, some of them have even said, Prior to citizen comments, you know, I'm not even sure if I'm going to stick around for this. And so part of the problem is people don't even know if they're there. If they're paying attention, right. I mean, they could even be in a different room. We have no way of knowing if their camera isn't on. So part of the problem is that, you know, what is the value of even going to a meeting and speaking up if your council person can turn off their camera and walk away? Yeah. Um, what is the answer to this for these activists? What have they decided that they 
want to do, or are they just going to have to accept that uh, this is the way things are? I think for now they're continuing to engage uh, the council. Um, I want to make a note that two of the council members, Councilwoman Leslie Herrick and Councilwoman Erin Burns, have raised uh, objection to this uh, application of the city council rules. So it may not come to pass. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But ultimately, you know, if, if council president, Susan DeBaja does decide to enforce the rules of order, as she said she may, um, then these individuals may be submitting written comments. Uh, They'll have no way of knowing if they were read, Mm -hmm. or they may be relegated to one speaker or two from the entire group to represent them. And so, you know, this, and I want to just sort of comment on this sort of idea of being heard. I interviewed one of the activists uh, this weekend, um, Alexandria, and she works in Dearborn, but she lives uh, in another Detroit adjacent city, and she's an African American woman. Mm-hmm. And she, I, I asked her, "Do you feel like you're listened to? Uh, not just by counsel, but just in general? Do you feel like people want to listen to you as a woman, as a black woman, or just as a person mm-hmm. in America?" Mm-hmm. And she just had this this long pause, yeah. and she just said no. Wow. Hey, Brian, I, I don't want to cut you off, but Leslie Herrick, who's one of the council members in Dearborn, is on the line, and I want to make sure I get her in here. Uh, Leslie Herrick, I've got only a minute left. I'm sorry, uh, but, but you did want to comment about this. Yes, thank you for having me on the air. I just wanted to reiterate, and Mr. Stone is right, um, our council rules of order do uh, state in, that people might present a comment in writing if there's not time mm-hmm. or another reason to have them speak during the meeting. Um, and I'm sure that we would all read them if they were presented in writing. But I am strongly of the opinion that we should give people a voice, a chance to speak openly during a meeting of any matter regarding city business. Um, you know, city operations or concerns about life in Dearborn, uh, because sometimes that's the only recourse they feel they have because they don't know how to navigate the system to get an answer to a question. As Mr. Stone said, it might be, you know, just regarding something about, you know, how to deal with a problem in their yard or something like that. And we want them to be able to come forward and and talk about, you know, events that are happening in Dearborn um, to alert council and the people who are watching our council meetings as well. So um, I hate to... Again, Councilwoman, I I hate to cut you off, but uh, we are out of time. But I really appreciate you calling, uh, giving your perspective on this. And Brian Stone, of course, uh, it's always great to have you here as well. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Stephen. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow. Hope you will, too. Thanks to Claire Brennan for her help producing today's show. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.